Welcome to the Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. Hey everybody and welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads here. This is episode number two. Hope everybody's doing well and all things drum related are locked down for you. Today's show we have a very special guest, Scott Hessel of the Gin Blossoms will be joining us here in just a moment. The theme of our conversation is going to be perseverance and inspiration. When you hear Scott's story, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. A couple of things that I'd like to mention right here at the top of the show. Our heartfelt thanks to everybody that reached out after the first episode. I truly appreciated all the feedback, comments, and well wishes for the show. As always, please keep your comments, suggestions, and questions coming our way. We can be reached at thedrumshufflepodcast at gmail.com. Thedrumshuffle.com is our web address. And you can find me over at jamieeds.com. If you enjoy the show, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're using to listen. It helps us tremendously to expand our listeners and continue to grow. We really do appreciate it. 25 years ago, a band burst onto the musical landscape from Tempe, Arizona called the Gin Blossoms. They released a record called New Miserable Experience that sold well over 4 million records, certified four times platinum, followed up by an album in 1996 called Congratulations, I'm Sorry, that was certified platinum as well. Goes without saying, if you were alive in the 90s, you could not turn on a radio or MTV without seeing the gin blossoms. I am very pleased to be joined today by their drummer, Scott Hessel. Hey, Scott, thanks for joining us on the Drum Shuffle. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing great, Jamie. My pleasure. Fantastic. We really appreciate your time. Welcome to the show. Uh, It is my understanding that you are in the process of getting ready to head out on a big uh, run of dates with the Gin Blossoms. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, sorry uh, if if I'm... uh... Uh, my concentration is not at full. I'm counting the pairs of socks as we speak that I'm needing to <laughs> have for the next two weeks. So that is the life of a touring musician, is it not? It, it really is indeed. Um, you you get you get back from a, a any sort of run, be it uh, three days or three three months in some cases, and uh, you never really feel like you're quite home. You just you put your suitcase in the corner. And uh, you wish it would go away to a certain extent, but then you realize, well, if it goes away, then I'm not working. So, well, that's yeah. that's true. The, the the checks are always better when you're not at home. I, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, well, fantastic. Again, thanks for being here, um, Scott. What I'd really like to start with. Uh, it, this might make way too much sense, but I thought we might try to go through. Uh, through chronologically, um, you know, I would be interested in knowing, you know, where you grew up, what part of the country you're from, um, you know, when and why did you start playing the drums, um, anything that you want to touch on about your 
education or influences, past bands, really whatever you'd like to go through, but kind of start us at the beginning on, on how this journey began for you. Sure. I was born in uh, the, uh, let's see, the, the Christmas of 1967 in a, uh, in a humble abode uh, in sunny Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, uh, my dad uh, had work out there. And um, to be honest, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I'm guessing that maybe I was, I was two or three at the most. But I have distinct and uh, very vivid memories of, of playing with these, uh, these things called Lincoln Log sets. Oh, yeah, where, sure. Where, you know, the, I guess it was the precursor to Legos. Um, and this, this story probably, maybe I wouldn't even be playing drums if, if they had Legos at that point and not Lincoln logs, but I was using Lincoln logs as drumsticks and I would take these Lincoln logs and I would just hit things with them. Just, just anything that would be laying around. And, uh, one day I kind of discovered the, the magic of, of something called a Charles chips, uh, uh, can uh chips in those days i I sound like i'm 95 years old telling (laughs) the story but chips in those days were they they would appear in these giant metal cans but they were perfect Uh, they looked like kind of you know just like a little miniature trash can like a little snare drum so i would use that and just bang the crap out of those things um and that was sort of where i developed my expertise in rudiments i suppose uh the single stroke role was developed on the charles chips can with lincoln logs that's fantastic i did that and then uh, i think my parents realized okay you know we, we we can't have this nonsense going on so they got me one of those cute little uh you know sears and robux uh drum sets that you get uh for you know $15 and I sat down behind that and I guess I thought I was Keith Moon because I I broke the heads in the morning of Christmas I just couldn't I couldn't no you can't give me anything nice I can't (laughs) I can't own anything nice so broke that and then the parents said well okay you're going back to the Lincoln Logs for a while so I I really just stuck (laughs) I stuck it out on the Lincoln Logs (laughs) <laughs> for several several years and then i i went through this latency period where i i wasn't interested in in drums at all uh i didn't really have any inclination that i was ever going to be a musician i never thought about music i was you know just went to school and played baseball and did all the normal stuff that you know kids do when when you're growing up and uh one Christmas, when I was uh, about 11 years old, I heard this uh, rustling. Uh, again, everything seems to happen around Christmas, but I heard this rustling. They said, okay, go to your room and don't come out. Uh, your, your Christmas present is getting here. And, and I guess I, I learned that there was, there was no real Santa Claus but, uh, by then. Uh, and I hear this noise, and I'm thinking, oh, this is awesome. My parents are delivering exactly what I want in life a pool table <laughs> for some reason i wanted a pool table and i i was you they they you could not imagine 
my disappointment when I went out the next morning and found that there was this beautiful Tama black uh, Imperial star drum set set up there for me. I looked at my parents like, how could you? How could you betray <laughs> my dreams of being a, a pool shark? <laughs> well, either, so, either way, you were headed for a life of sin, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. And so, uh, you know, and then you, you can't imagine their disappointment when I didn't even want to play it. I mean, I, I, I had no idea, like, you know, our, is it felt too big for me. It didn't have the, the, the feel of the Lincoln logs and the, and the, the Charles chips can, it just, everything felt wrong. <laughs> so, and mind you, I had not had a, a single lesson in my life and I surely was not interested in, in a lesson. So the, the drum set sort of just sat there and um, my best friend at the time used to come over and he was the one who was interested in playing drums and I used to just sort of sit in the corner and watch him play drums. And, and, uh, you know, I was just like, okay, well, that's cool. Glad you're enjoying my drum set. Uh, do you have anything <laughs> that I can borrow of yours? So, um, uh, that sort of went on for a couple of years. And, uh, and then I, I, I eventually graduated from elementary school and I figured out, ah, okay, well maybe, maybe, I should, you know, do something in high school that's, that's drum related. So I joined the marching band and they put me on, um, the bass drum, uh, which to me, putting, putting a kid on bass drum is basically a tantamount to saying, we really don't want you in this band. Uh, <laughs> just give up, uh, you know, you just abandon this immediately. But I stuck with it for the first for the first semester, um, and then they moved me to uh, quad drums, and that's when the fun started happening because I realized, okay, well this this now feels like a I'm really playing the drums, and b you know it feels more like those Lincoln logs that I was uh, missing for all those years. Absolutely. So, so I I was playing uh, on the on the quads in the marching band and feeling really uh, uh, like, you know, I, I felt like I was, I was pretty, pretty good at it. Like I, I didn't, I didn't really have any formal training. And uh, to this day, I've still never had any formal training. I remember they tried to give me a, a, a lesson uh, uh, at, at, during that time at the, uh, at the school. And I was, I was oblivious. I was like, I can't follow what you're telling me. Just give me the sticks. So I, I started, uh, uh, stuck, started playing on my own. Uh, I went back to that drum set that had been sitting in the corner gathering dust and I started playing along with records, uh, which yeah. I know, you know, so many, so many people do, uh, and those records were, you know, I was listening to the police uh, and, and Rush and, and um, just basically anything that was really drum, uh, drum heavy sure. as far as, uh, uh, as, you know, music goes. And, um, and I finally, it, 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 it dawned on me one day, I was sitting in a friend's, um, suburban in high school and he actually was uh, an amazing 
drummer on on the drum kit and we were just sitting there and listening critically to i remember the record it was ghost in the machine by the police and we were talking about the sound of of Stuart copeland's snare drum and very it distinct all clicked for yeah. Me. yeah it all clicked for me i thought this is it this is what i i mean I, this is what i want to do i want to be as cool as the guy uh first of all that's sitting next to me who can play the drum set <laughs> and then secondly i want to be involved in something that sounds so amazing when you put it on a on a car stereo i want to be a part of that i don't know how i don't know what i'm going to have to do but that's it the passion so was born at that point it, it really was yeah. at that moment i was a sophomore in high school and and I, I heard, um, you know, one world is enough for all of us. I think, one world, not three, I think is the name of the song. And I thought, this is it. And so I went home and I started really, really digging in and, and listening to records and not only, you know, trying to play with them, but starting to actually just, instead of fooling my way through and faking my way through parts, uh, slowing things down and repeating and listening and trying to figure out, all right, how did they do what they did? Um, you know, did they use this hand or what, you know, exactly what, what went on here? Yeah. I mean, and, that's, that's what we all do as young drummers is try to deconstruct what you're hearing from your influences and your idols and try to figure out how do I emulate that and, and make it sound the same. We, I mean, we all go through that for sure. Totally. And, you know, uh, if I had been, uh, uh, if I had even known the word deconstruct at that point in my life, I would have realized that's it. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm deconstructing these musicians who I'm idolizing and, and figuring it all out on my own. You know, I probably should have been, um, uh, you know, paying somebody to help me out with it, the process at that point, but you know, I didn't know any better. I thought, well, this is what, you know, this is what I'll do. Sure. Well, and so, and there's a certain level of satisfaction that comes from, you know, figuring it out. I mean, I, I went through that, you know, I'm a guy that doesn't have a whole lot of formal training as a drummer. Um, just figuring out and playing along with those records and, until your fingers bleed, your hands bleed, you know, just woodshedding as a, as a drummer, it's, it's very fulfilling for sure. It truly is. It truly is. Especially when you leave your uh, windows open in your in your neighborhood and you see and you see the kids popping their heads over your fence to listen to you and they're all sort of give, giving you the thumbs up like we weren't getting any complaints which was cool like nobody were call, you know nobody was calling the cops on me yeah you um, start which, start figuring out that you're getting something right when the when the neighborhoods yes. yeah nodding their head and and dancing in your yard for sure that is it, it, people were knocking on the door saying, can I come in and listen to you? And, and, and this was like, well, maybe, maybe this is the way you, you get girls too. You know, who knows? <laughs> well, so I, this was all coming together for me. It was like a, like an amazing light bulb went on like, okay, well, this is, this is uh, the way to go. So that's pretty much, uh, you know, what I did up until the point that I figured, all right, well, um, you know, maybe I should be playing with, with human beings. Like maybe this, you know, uh, playing with records thing can only take you so far in life. And maybe it, it, it's time to, to start uh, dealing with other, 
other uh, people who are thinking the same way and other and playing other instruments. And um, once I was able to, uh, you know, and when I when I say fake my way through uh, playing a Rush record, I truly do mean fake my way through. I was <laughs> I was able to play my own version of Red Barchetta by uh, uh, Rush, or you know, doing my own little. Uh, version of YYZ. Um, then I realized, okay, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for some other kids to play with, sure. and um, and so that's that's sort of w- where it went from there. And I think about then I was about 16, uh, 16, 17 years old. And I'm assuming you started forming bands and and really learning how to be part of a group. I, you know, um, the very first band that I, I played with was a, um, was a band that, uh, was put together to play in a performance of Jesus Christ Superstar oh, wow. for school, uh, for, I, I went to a, a prep, uh, college in, uh, in Phoenix and, um, I don't even know, I guess it probably was, uh, through, the, the marching band connection and, and people realizing that I could actually play a drum set at that point. But, um, a couple of the, um, the people said, okay, well you should, you should play in this band. And I don't even think that I auditioned or anything. I think they just said, okay, well, here's the, here's the deal you have, you're going to have to play. It's going to be about an hour and a half long. And the music is really crazy. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, uh, is there a record? <laughs> can, I, can I listen to the the original soundtrack? And they said, "Well, no, but there's sheet music," and that's when that's when I froze. I was like, "Well, I can't I can't read music. I, you know, I never like I, I remember I told you guys I didn't do so well on that sight reading thing." Uh, so they said, "Okay, well, look, just do the best you can." And so I I got the sheet music. And once again, it promptly it promptly went in the uh, the you know the the dumpster, and I picked up that that record, um, and I just learned it from back backwards to forwards, and I I did my own little version of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> well, that's I, that's quite a way to cut your teeth in a <laughs> in a group I setting. Mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I've listened back to that now, and I and I think. Um, First of all, it's an, it's an insane, uh, it's, it's a great, it's a great musical. It's very, um, I don't know if it's held up too well over the years, but it is, uh, it is really all over the map as far as drums are concerned. I mean, there's a drum solo, there's, in fact, the whole thing just seems like a drum solo to me. But, yeah, um, well, I mean, it covers so many styles and, and, and flavors. It's just, yeah, that's, that's a pretty crazy way to get started for sure. It really, it really was. And, uh, you know, I felt like, okay, well, some of these things I'm doing, uh, uh, pretty well, but then others, I would just look at the guitarist and say, uh, I think you should play here. <laughs> I'm going to lay, I'm going to lay out on it and just play, uh, quarter notes on the hi-hat and let you take over. Um, so, so that's, that's when I figured, okay, well, you're, you know, I, I'm in a band. It may be the Jesus Christ superstar band, but, but it's a band, uh, right? But I it's mean, a band nonetheless. And yeah. I'm playing with uh, other entities. Absolutely. Well, so, so 
fast forwarding a, a yes. little bit, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, your your first gig after Jesus Christ Superstars wasn't the Gin Blossoms, you know, so. No, no, it wasn't. Um, so bridge the gap for us, if you would, you know, I mean, I, I know that you were in the Arizona music scene, which was, um, which was fantastic. And, and I'm assuming this is, you know, late eighties, early nineties, correct me if I'm wrong, but no, it, you're, you're right on perfect. You're right on. In fact, um, in fact, I, I graduated from high school in 85 and, um, Robin, uh, Robin and I are probably the closest in age and, uh, Robin Wilson, uh, the lead singer of the Jim Blossoms and I are the closest in age. Um, and I know that he and I constantly, uh, the two of us start, you know, walking down memory lane of, uh, of the Phoenix music scene during that time. And, you know, it's, it's like, we not only know the same people, but we, our paths cross so many times, uh, and we never even knew it at that, at that point. Um, sure. and so, yeah, it, when I left high school, I left, when I graduated from high school, I, uh, made the decision that I was going to take a year off and I was going to pursue being in a rock band at 17. Okay. So I had been accepted to Pepperdine University and um, beautiful school, a beautiful school, expensive school, beautiful school, nonetheless. And I remember that <laughs> I, I did not want to give up my drums and I was trying to negotiate with the school, um, <laughs> which, which was uh, rebuffed. Uh, how I, how I do I get these uh, into my uh, dorm room? Yeah. Yes. I, I said, well, you're going to provide me a place to practice my drum set. Correct. <laughs> and they, they looked at me like, who do you think you are here? You know, uh, no, of course not. You're going to come to our school and you're going to, uh, uh, be, uh, uh you know, uh, this is for academia, not your, your own personal, uh, uh, how you're going to further your, your drum, your burgeoning drum career. And so I decided, well, you know what, this isn't for me then. So I said, I'm, you know, Pepperdine will always be there. I'm going to take a year off. And so I actually joined this band straight out of high school that was voted best Phoenix band by the, uh, the local, um, I guess they have them in a lot of different cities now, but, but this publication called new times and, this band was like the number one band in, in Phoenix local music. And they were, um, they, they kind of sounded like they were from Britain and it was kind of interesting because they had no drummer. They played with a Lynn drum machine. Oh, and wow. so I actually replaced a Lynn drum machine in my very first real, real band outside of Jesus Christ superstar. <laughs> and so I joined that band and, and years later I find out that that band was one of Robin Wilson's um, reasons why he got into bands was because he looked at and, and saw the out crowd, which was the name of the band and saw how cool it was. And he wanted to be in a rock band because of it. That's fantastic. So it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of weird, really. It's, 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 it's a strange thing to think. Um, so 
that band uh, was my first real taste of okay i i am now not in a jesus christ superstar band i am in a real rock and roll band and we're gonna play you know we're gonna go outside uh and play places like tucson arizona or or uh we're gonna make a drive out to los angeles and do a showcase and i mean all of this is very strange for me because you know i'm thinking well this is this is actually kind of professional you know i i'm 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 going from zero to 60 and these guys have label interest and I don't even know what label interest means. I just think you <laughs> mean, I actually get, you know, I get to be on that record that I was just, you know, practicing with. Yeah. You just want to play at that point. Exactly. And so, um, unfortunately that band, um, uh, I, I learned very early on in, uh, my, my band, uh, chronology, that yes, they do break up, and that that band broke up after about four months, and I thought, wow, Pepperdine, is it too late? Yeah, <laughs> like, you're I right. remember it was the I end of the calling, world, right? Yeah, I remember calling Pepperdine back and saying, "Listen, I've reconsidered this whole thing. Can I, you know, is it too late to get in this semester?" <laughs> and they were like, "You know, no." Scott, that's, you'll have to reapply and do the whole thing. And so I said, well, you know what? It, 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 it's easier now if I just go ahead and place an ad and try to put my own band together, which I did. Cool. I put my own first band together. I ran an ad in the local New Times, the same publication that, that I already knew a couple of people through that, you know, out crowd band. And, uh, you know, I put a band together and it was actually a really good late eighties synth pop kind of band and boom, right out of the the gate, we put a demo tape out and I get a call at my house one morning from a guy who works at EMI records who says, I want to fly out and see the band. And we're showcasing within a, a month of, of being together. We're showcasing and doing. Um, wow. So just instant you know. success right out of the gate, basically. Yeah. Which again, I don't know that it's supposed to happen any differently than that, because at that point in my life, you know, you know, first of all, I've got the pinnacle of Jesus Christ superstar <laughs> under my belt. And then now I've got the out crowd and now this other, this other band and it's getting interest. And, so I'm thinking, well, you know, yeah, everything that uh, I touch here seems to turn to gold. Uh, well, no, not so fast, because, of course, that band then breaks up after a few months because the lead singer, you know, he wanted to go and be smart and do the right thing. and He wants to go to college. He wants to go back to school. So that band came to a close and I sort of at that point realized, all right, this is not as easy as it looks. And <laughs> just because you want to be in a rock and roll band doesn't mean you just sort of uh, say, you know, you're in a rock and roll band and you're going to be, that's going to be your living. And, and it was sort of sobering for me because I sort of, um, you know, finally got to have that talk from my parents and they basically told me what what i just told you which is you know 
it, just because you want it doesn't mean you're going to get it. Right. Um, well, and, and there's so many guys out there that, you know, that are in the music business that forget it's a business. And then you, <laughs> you come up against the business part of it and you go, wow, man, this is, this is hard. <laughs> exactly right. And, and I had at that point in my, my young but illustrious uh, career had uh, hadn't really had you know outside of of uh, uh, two bands breaking up. I hadn't really had the the crushing feeling of realizing well I've just spent two years of my life at something and realized oh no this this maybe isn't going to work out you know so I um I I sort of wised up and I went back to school. And, um, or actually I think I enrolled in school and for the first, for the first time in Arizona and put the drums on the back burner and, uh, kind of found myself back down wanting to become a pool shark again. Scott Hessel, life of sin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was down at the, the Memorial union building, you know, trying, trying to get some action. <laughs> thinking i'm uh and by the way i'm not a good a good pool player by any stretch of the imagination i don't know why i <laughs> thought i even wanted to be a pool player but i was terrible so um but i was you know trying to sort of say all right i'm gonna take this school thing seriously but i always felt the calling i always felt like um even though i'm in school uh and i probably should be you know taking this seriously i don't I don't think that I ever really fully committed myself the way I needed to because my dream was to be a musician and to be uh, playing in bands and doing the thing that, you know, when I was sitting there saying, okay, I want to be, I want to be what I'm hearing on this radio, I'm, uh, this, this car stereo. I never, that never left my mind all during that time. Even though for a couple of years, I sort of said, okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pursue it. It was still there. I, right. I, I still knew who I wanted to be or what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it had nothing to do with being a, you know, a pediatrician or a, you know, veterinarian or anything, or for that matter, an attorney. Sure. I, I knew what I wanted to be. Well, and once it's in your blood, it never leaves. It, it, it's true. It's true. And, um, so, you know, I think at that point I, I sort of said to myself, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to just, um, stay focused and, and, and start learning to play other types of music. Um, I, you know, once again, kind of woodshed on my own and went back and started, you know, faking my way through jazz records the best I could. And I went through like this fusion period where every record that I bought, like I was listening to drummers that I could never in a million years play what they were playing, but I was, you know, I was at least understanding. I was exposing myself to, to what they were doing. Absolutely. And, um, and that was important for me because I, I don't know that um, I would have necessarily ever listened to certain uh, uh, drummers uh, had it not been for that sort of period where I was like, okay, well now what, you know, what do I do? So I sort of went through my own self-schooling as it were. Right. And so then uh, uh, we, 
uh, flash forward several several more years, and um, I am playing in in uh, in some bands, um, and I finally sort of started to get recognized again in in the Tempe scene um, as being a guy that was um, fairly you know dependable and solid and. Uh, you knew what you were getting. If you got me in a band, you knew that I wasn't going to be a flake. I wasn't going to be the guy that, you know, would, would show up for rehearsal late or not even show up. Um, <laughs> right. And, and so I was in uh, several of those types of bands that, you know, just kind of played around and people knew my name and, and uh, I was pretty happy with that. I wasn't making any money at it. Um but that's when I sort of had resigned myself to the fact that, yeah, you, you're probably not going to make any money doing this. And but that was OK. You know, I mean, I, I had very supportive parents, both um, psychologically and emotionally and 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 probably to a fault financially. My poor parents had sold stocks to to buy me drums every christmas yeah um and so i was getting i i had all of the tools that were there um and it was just a question of all right am i gonna just continue doing this and um so i just kept doing that and doing that and one day i heard that um a band called gloritone which had been uh, signed uh, to RCA Records, um, and this was circa. This was probably, gosh, I should I should have my my timeline out here, but I, it was in the late '90s. Um, they had been signed to RCA Records, and they had just just recorded a record. It was out on RCA, um, and they had started touring. Well, they ran into trouble with their drummer. They fired him and they were looking for drummers, a drummer. And I said, okay, well, maybe this is, maybe this is a shot in the dark, but I knew their manager and I said, you know, can I get an audition and got an audition, went up to, went up against looking back at it at now, uh, I think I, I went up against every other rock drummer in the Phoenix Tempe area. <laughs> That's I the mean, way I, that always works. Yeah, it, it truly is. It was like a cattle call. Like I, I got, uh, you know, an hour and a half. Uh, they were, they listened, they heard me, they listened to me, uh, play their music. I learned a few songs and I got the gig. I got the, uh, I got the job. Great. I'm on my first, I'm in my first signed band and we're on RCA records. Well, pretty big just deal. So happens. Yeah. Great. A great deal. And, and I felt vindicated. I felt this is it. This is the big time <laughs> that I have been waiting for in my life. A few months into that, uh, uh, they get dropped oh. because <laughs> sadly, or, uh, you know, uh, that, that pesky business again, right? Yes. Well, it was also a pesky little band that had just recently formed called the Foo Fighters. Oh. <laughs> they 
two were on RCA records and the ba- this band that I was in called Gloritone and the Foo Fighters could not have sounded any more identical <laughs> to each other. And it was, it was truly purely by accident. And it was, it was strange to think that it could have happened like this. Like, you know how sometimes like, you know, in the summertime movies will come out and you'll think, why are there five movies that are about, you know, a serial killer with multiple personalities? And you think, <laughs> is this script leaking in Hollywood? Like, how did this happen? Well, it was almost like that. It was like the same script had been leaked to both of these bands. And they, they both put out records that were, were almost identical to each other. Um, the difference, of course, is that the Foo Fighters, um, you know, had uh, uh, this drummer named Dave Grohl <laughs> and, uh, you know, who uh, was amazing and is amazing. And and RCA realized, OK, well, we have to make a decision here. And it wasn't too hard of a decision to make, but we're going to put our money uh, with the Foo Fighters and we're going to. Uh, withdraw our uh, support from this other band. So that band got dropped. Um, and yet the band continued on. We, we continued on for actually two or three years and really made a go of, of trying to get re-signed. Um, we, we did just about everything we could to, to stay, um, stay on our game. We wrote, new songs we wrote um we actually self-released a couple of records and and then finally it just you know it was just a deal where um everybody said well i think that's it we gave it our best shot here yeah so 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 that band disbanded and i ended up joining um another band that uh toured around in a minivan and um so I'm in my mid to late thirties at that point and thinking, Oh my God, you know, is this, is this it? Is, <laughs> is, is, is this now what I have, I have been waiting for my entire life. I, I went, uh, you know, I was in Gloritone and we were touring around in a, in a rickety RV. And I thought that was the pinnacle. And now we were traveling around in a, in a minivan with this other band. Uh, and I was thinking, I I'm going backwards with my career. What is, what is happening? Um, so I decided, you know, I think I have to figure some stuff out here. And I said, I can't do this anymore. So I, I left that band, um, sort of, uh, you know, gave them my notice and I, and I really was back to square one. I, I knew, I knew that I wanted to continue being a drummer, but I just, I couldn't figure out uh, how to put it all together and make a career out of it. I just, I thought to myself, well, yeah, I'm a drummer, but can I do this for a living? Sure. The the struggle is real for all of us, uh, you know, in in, in that situation. Truly, it, it truly is. And so about the time uh, probably a couple of years had passed and i i was going out looking for um you know i think i'd gotten an office job here or there and 
I sort of resigned myself to the fact that, yeah, I can actually be a, you know, an office job type of guy. Like I, you know, who knew that I could wear a, a tie in my life, you know, <laughs> or even learn how to tie a tie, much less wear a tie. Um, and I had sort of resigned myself to the fact that, okay, well, the, the days of being a rock and roll band touring, you know, uh, that's, that's behind me. I'm now, I am now officially sort of moved on. And then I find out that the gin blossoms are in need of a drummer. And I heard that through, hear it through the grapevine, um, through a mutual friend who, um, a mutual friend of, of Robin Wilson and myself. And, um, I used to joke with this mutual friend and, and, and tell her, look, the next time the Jim Blossoms fire their drummer <laughs> or he leaves or explodes behind the drum set and turns into a blobule on the drum throne, please, please let me know. Just give me a heads up. Yeah, that's a gig, and, that's a gig you'd want to, you, you know, throw your hat in the ring for, for sure. Absolutely. Because, you know, they, they've had a few drummers over the years. Um, no, no big surprise there. And so, um, but yet at the same time, they've been around for a very long time. So I know, well, they're, they're, they have obviously stuck, stuck with it. They've had their ups and downs, um, and some time off here and there, but, but they're back, you know, working solidly. And I, I know this because I've always kept my eye on them because, uh, you know, back in the day when I was trying to clamor for that same golden ring or the brass ring or whatever you want to call it, whatever cliche or that you can use here, they had achieved it. They had, they had gotten that, that thing and they were out doing exactly what I wanted to do. So I had always been obviously incredibly envious and jealous of whatever drummer was playing uh, in the Jim Blossoms. So I get a call finally from my friend who is at dinner with Robin. And she says to me, listen, (laughs) I am not kidding you right now. I am at dinner with Robin. Sit down, (laughs) sit down and listen. (laughs) Exactly. Sit. Are you sitting? Listen to me right now. (laughs) You are going to beat the next Jim Blossoms drummer. Get out of here with that. I get, I almost hang up on her. I, (laughs) I I am completely I'm almost I'm angry at her because I'm thinking she is just messing with me and she says no I am extraordinarily I'm very very serious with you I'm going to call you tomorrow in fact Robin may call you tomorrow and I'm like okay you know what uh you've had a few too many drinks tonight call me <laughs> when in a couple of days now this so, was this was around 2012. I'm, this, I'm thinking this would have been yes, this was 2012. So okay, you know the we're talking. Um, there have been quite a few. The, the, there have been a, a, quite a number of down years there in between the moment when I finally get this phone call from my mutual friend. Where I'm, you know, I'm literally uh, writing my resume to Southwest Airlines to be a flight attendant. Like that's li- that is, I don't even like to fly. By the way, I have a fear <laughs> of flying, and I decided, 
I'm just going to become a flight attendant because it looks like that, you know, it, the, the benefits look good. Yeah, that'll be, so, that'll be a lot cooler than being a drummer, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? You know, at least you get to tour the world somehow. There you, you know, go. It's all. Right. So I, um, I get this uh, phone call, and I don't believe it. And I don't talk to my friend the next day. And then two days later, I get this, the phone rings and it's from a number that I don't recognize, um, but it's a, it's a local number. And so I pick up, hi, Scott, this is Robin Wilson uh, from the Jim Blossoms. How are you doing today? I'm like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me right now. And sure enough, Robin says, um, Scott, um, uh, we are, we need a new drummer. Um, it's not official yet, but it's, it's soon to be official that, uh, we're going to need a new drummer and we would like you to be our drummer. Wow. And I, I, I'm, I remember it like it was yesterday because I was driving on the freeway and I just about had to pull over. Uh, and I said, well, Robin, uh, you know, I've been waiting a, a, a great number of years for this phone call from you. <laughs> um, but absolutely, um, I would I would love to do this. Obviously, give I'm me an address of, and a and an address and a time, and and, you, yes, and you'll I, see me there, right? Yeah. Well, here's here's the the beauty part of this is that he said, well, we should probably get together just to make sure that we don't suck together, but. <laughs> But our next show is in Kansas City in uh, next week. Oh wow! And, okay, so. and I said, <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Um, and and mind you, I know the Jim Blossom songs, but I know the Jim Blossom songs at this point in my life up to, you know, the seven songs that are ingrained in all of our brains. You know, like I, I like it. it it's not as though I have the entire uh, discography on my iPhone that I can pull up and, you know, like I know all the songs by heart. Right. So, so, so I, clearly your work was cut out for you to get up to speed in a, in a very short period of time. And you said a mouthful. Yeah. So he said, well, I will send you the 16 songs that we would like you to know for our get together. He wasn't even calling it an audition, our get together. And I said, okay. And, uh, when would you like to do this again? Uh, <laughs> he said, well, how does like, uh, let's see day after tomorrow is bad for me. Uh, how about this weekend, which I was looking at my phone and thinking, okay, that's three days. <laughs> So I thought, all right, well, that's just enough time for me to drive home, cobble together a drum set out of the storage room. None, none, you know, I don't have any drums set up. Uh, I don't even know that I have working like, you know, symbols uh, like that aren't cracked. I cobble a drum, uh, drum set together. I find my get my hands on these 16 songs. And I hardcore woodshed it for three days. Yeah, no, and, no sleep, I'm sure. 
no sleep. Uh, the first, the first day that I'm doing it, you know, um, there's a whole process for me where I'm literally, it's like, you know, put, put the, the, the songs on, uh, repeat, you know, the, the iPhone repeat just over and over again to the point where you literally are, you learn to, you know, the song, but you also hate the song and anything that you've loved about the music, you, you've actually, at that point, you, you don't want to hear it anymore. And you wake up the next day and the songs are going through your head and you're, and you're, you're thinking, okay, well, I think I've got this. So I start playing with it and I realize, oh my God, I don't even have wind to play some of these songs. Like we're, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're an athlete that's born, you know, you're, you got to get back on the treadmill. Well, yeah. So, and, and I mean, it's, it, it's no big secret that the, you know, the Gin Blossoms catalog is full of songs that are at, you know, 140, 150, 160 BPMs. I mean, they, they absolutely they play up tempo rock song. That, and it, you know, it's, it, it, a lot of people don't realize that they hear the, the ballads on the radio uh, that are all mid tempo and, you know, and, and those are the classic timeless songs, but the Gin Blossoms, yeah, the majority of their set is really up tempo. Yeah. And so um the first thing I realized was, oh my gosh, I gotta like I am really going to have to uh you know get used to this uh getting on the treadmill thing again. Uh the drumming treadmill. Sure. So I learn the songs as best I can and I get in there and it's still, you know, I, I go into the audition room and there are the dudes and I, I have pat across paths with them for years. I, you know, after 25 years of being in, in the same scene with, with people, you know, people, but you don't know people, right. you know, their faces, you know, their names, you know, enough to, that you can make small talk with them, but it's not as though, um, you know, I've ever hung out with them all of these years, you know, they're not like, you know, best buds or anything. Well, and you but, know, that's, you bring up a really good point in that, you know, you can go in and knock the songs out dead cold to rights, but right. if you suck as a human being and you're stuck on a, you know, 60 foot long metal tube with four other dudes for the next, <laughs> you know, four months or whatever, and, and you're not fun to be around, you know, playing is very important. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want anybody listening to think that I'm saying the songs aren't important. They're very important. But, you know, it, it's getting along with the personalities and being able to live together that that makes up, you know, so much of the chemistry of the band. Well, and you stole and you actually steal uh, the punchline, <laughs> my punchline, which is this, that the very first thing that was imparted to me um by management was look, you know, um, the Jim Blossoms. Uh, there are any number of of drummers who could step in and do this job. Okay, sure. But it's it's all about the hang, and it's all about um, how do you fit in with them personality wise, right? And at the moment that that was told to me, I I thought okay, I think I, I think I understand that. And 
but then you actually get around the, the guys and you realize, you know, how much of a brotherhood this truly is and how far back these guys really go. You realize, okay, no truer words have been spoken and no truer advice has been spoken because it, it really is. Um, there's no joke that hasn't been heard. There's no, there, there are no surprises when it comes to these guys and, and how, <clears throat> excuse me, they relate to each other. I mean, it's, you know, they are brothers through and through. I mean, it's the majority of their lives have been spent in one way or the other together. Sure. Um, well, and you're and coming so, in. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm coming in like, hey, everybody, you know, a new guy here, you know, and and the trick that I learned very quickly is, yes, you want to be able to play the songs and you want everybody to be happy with the tempos and you want everybody to be happy with are you true to the original spirit of the music but more most importantly um do you get along with everybody and can you make the dynamic of the band uh a positive experience a more an even more positive experience than it was in its previous incarnation, not to say that that was a bad one, but to say, can you improve upon it somehow? And the last six years or whatever, uh, 2012, I'm bad with math. I guess it is six years now um, has sort of shown that, that yes, I, I have made it better. And yes, I have, I have brought to the table, um, staying true to the spirit of the music um but more importantly than anything it's 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 walking into a situation and and sort of saying you know i can be i can i can hang and um sure so so after the after the so-called audition non-audition and you know a few days later after the first gig and kansas city or wherever it was and hundreds of shows later um you realize you know okay this 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 is it this is exactly what i've always wanted and it it finally happened you know um after so many years of of thinking okay well is it gonna is it gonna happen this way or is it gonna happen that way it happened sort of, I sort of manifested exactly what I always wanted, which was to be the drummer of the Jim Blossom somehow. I mean, I remember thinking when they were signed, I remember thinking, I want to be that drummer. And now I am. What a and it's, fantastic story. It's, it's, you know, a lot of times I do have to really sort of say, and it's, it's a surreal it's a surreal feeling to think about how it came about um, and how I sort of, in a, in a strange way, manifested the whole thing to play out the way it played out. I didn't, I, I honestly did not expect that it was going to happen when it did, but it happened. Yeah. And, um, and that's why I feel very lucky, even when I'm looking for pairs of socks and can't find, <laughs> you know, that brick of drumsticks that I know I ordered and so forth. Sure. 
that's a fantastic story. Well, Scott, we, we certainly want to be respectful of your time. I know you have to get ready for, for the tour, but if you will indulge me for, for just a couple of more minutes, sure. um, I, you know, I want to talk about the tour that you're actually going out on. This one's going to be really special for, for Jen Blossom's fans. This is the 25th anniversary of the new Miserable Experience record. Um, anybody that knows anything about the Gin Blossoms knows how important that record is in the history of the band. And it's my understanding that you guys are going to be playing that record from, from start to finish on this, uh, on this run of shows. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the tour? Um, you know, and, and I'm curious, you know, are you guys mainly doing fly dates now or, or are you, you know, riding the bus and, you know, are you taking backline out? Or are you taking your own gear, et cetera? If you could just tell us a little bit about the tour, I'd appreciate it. Sure, no problem. Yeah, the this is the uh, the celebration of the the twenty fifth, like you said, the twenty fifth uh, anniversary of the Miserable Experience record, um, and we are indeed uh, playing the record from start to finish. Uh, we come out, not to give away, you know the. the the movie before you see it, but I, I don't want Robin and Jesse coming to kill me for giving this. Yeah, away, no, so. uh, it's, uh, it's, we're not giving away any big secrets. Here. Okay. We, we come out and we, we play the record, um, in uh, the order of the song of the record, uh, the, the songs in order. And, uh, and then we actually, um, um, play, we've been playing some songs that, um, that are sort of new, uh, well, they're new to me in the sense that I had never played them before with the band. And so the first half of the show is new miserable experience. And then the second half of the show is, uh, are the hits that you, you don't hear on that record as well as, uh, some surprises and, um, some fun covers and, um, yeah, it's, it, we have actually, this is, this will be the third we're about to start the third leg of the tour. The first, the first couple of legs, we did an East Coast thing, and then we did a West Coast leg, and then tomorrow will be the third leg, and it'll uh, be hitting uh, cities like Nashville and um, uh, stuff. I think in the South, and maybe maybe a couple of East shows. I actually. I haven't looked at the itinerary uh, probably closely enough to figure out whether or not I have to pack uh, long johns or not, but, <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's, it's actually a, a really fun show. And uh, I, I take out my own, my own drum set. I'm uh, 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 graciously uh, and honored uh, to be endorsed by Tama drums, which uh, as I indicated earlier was my very first drum set. And, uh, so I'm, I'm out with, uh, Tama drums and, uh, my good friends at Peisty cymbals and, and the, the Vic Firth, I got to give these name drops uh, here sure, or else no. I, I can't leave anybody out ultimate ears. And, uh, uh, finally, um, Chris Brady and, uh, the, the fine folks at Aquarian drum heads. And, uh, so I play all of my stuff on, on this tour and um as opposed to the fly dates when um you know a lot of times you you don't necessarily there's there's no guarantee that you're you're going to get uh every single type of of uh, you know your your the drum set that you want 
uh, let's just put it that way. You know, some, you know, some shows you show up and you're lucky to actually, uh, have a, have a drum set. There might be a cajon sitting on stage. Yeah. Uh, we, we could talk about backline all night and, and just, yeah, yeah. you know, cry and whine about it. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, let's just, let's just put it this way. It's a, it's, it's a humbling experience to realize that yes, uh, you, you are, are on a level where you do get, uh, things, uh, you know, accommodations that a lot of drummers would dream of. And then there are other nights when you're, you're truly are lucky to, uh, have a drum key and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a, a symbols that aren't cracked enough. yeah um, better off with so, lincoln logs and a potato chip yes can. i'm back yeah. to the lincoln logs <laughs> you know that actually I, I played some shows where i'd be that would be great bring it on less of a less of a sound check for me oh that's um, fantastic yeah so uh but uh yeah it's it's a really fun show it's uh yeah it it's 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 uh i think it's it's a very um it's been a really um, uh, I've gotten the vibe that it's been a really important thing for or to the band, and they have taken a tremendous degree in pride to be able to look back at their uh, career and say, you know, wow, you know, this this record was um, uh, not to say that there weren't other songs that came after that record, but that was that was the record that obviously put them on the map, and to realize you know, to still be playing these songs, they are, uh, I, you know, and I'm not saying this just because I'm the drummer playing the songs now, but I always thought that they were timeless songs. And, you know, when we're, when we're not here anymore and uh, when whatever form of Muzak they'll, they'll have <laughs> out there, uh, we will, they'll still be playing Jim Blossom songs, you know, and so true, it's pretty amazing. So true. Well, but, um, you know, in, in the efforts of full disclosure, you know, my lovely wife, Lisa, um, I would have to say that the Jim Blossoms are absolutely her favorite band. So we've had, the, well, that's awesome. We've had the, the great opportunity to see many different iterations of the band over the years. Um, and, and you said a mouthful in that these songs are just absolutely timeless, you know, and we've had the, the great fortune to, to meet most of the guys in the band and, um, you know, just really super good guys, all of you. They are. You know, they are. Uh, and I'm including you in that as well, Scott. You know, you've been very generous with your time, um, you know, and, and I know that you've got to get ready to, to get out on the road. So uh, certainly want to be respectful of that. Um, I, one last question uh, sure for thing. you, if you don't mind. Um, give our listeners just your one best piece of advice. I mean, obviously your story is just amazing ending up in, in your dream gig really. Um, you know, but, but we have a lot of guys that listen to the show that, you know, and, and myself included that would love to get a call from a band that, you know, has Grammys on the shelf and, and, you know, platinum records and, and hit the road with them, you know, t tell us, you know, is there a secret to, to success in the business? What's the advice you'd give everybody? Well, I, there, there are a couple of things. First of all, um, and thank you very much. I've, I've really enjoyed talking with you. By oh, the thank way, you. Um, uh, this has been awesome and, and you're awesome for, for having me and, uh, and, uh, 
I'm honored to be on on the show. Um, I will. Uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, my advice for any anybody, uh, and this can, uh, by the way, apply to a drummer. It can apply to a bassoonist. It could apply. It could apply to an author. It could apply to anybody in life. You have to. You have to stay persistent. And you, not to be cliched, but if you're really serious about your dreams, you never give up on them. You just never give up on your dreams. Um, you, you also, you need to have a little luck along the way. Um, you need that break wherever it might come from, but you also really need to be prepared for that break once you get it. Because uh, you never you never know when you're going to get the call, and when you do get that call, if you're not ready, then that's when you kick yourself and you say, "I I blew it." So you never want to be in that position where uh, you say, "Oh my God, Robin just called," and uh, man, I you know I I really want I would have loved to have had that gig i mean how can how could you ever you know yeah you don't say that how could you right. say that in life yeah, right you, you don't so, you don't want that regret of having correct. said no to a to a gig like the gin blossoms right just because you just because you uh you know sold your drum kit three years ago and you and you haven't touched them anymore i mean you yeah like if i had done that then that truly would have been the the uh the sadness of we'd be talking about let's talk about the sadness of your life scott well no the 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 reason why we're having this talk is because i didn't give up and uh it doesn't matter how old you are um and i'll also say this you know rock and roll has a real weird way of of keeping your outlook young um and you try not to get too cynical um about things uh, try to stay positive uh, in the face of, of rejection and and, uh, and a lot of false starts and and so forth. But you you want to stay uh, focused on those dreams and don't give up on them. And and then as far as being you know in, in a band, the advice that I would give is is just remember to listen to to the the musicians around you. Um, I know like I, some, some days what, if I go on uh, Instagram, I, I can, I can listen to 20 or 30 seconds of, of some of those, the most amazing drummers. And there are moments when I, I literally want to just say, well, that, that's it. I, I, I'm putting my, I'm putting my sticks down <laughs> because I, I cannot, I cannot do whatever they just did. In fact, I don't even know what they just did, but are we sure that they, this is human, what they're doing? Uh, yeah, with, for with sure. Drumming? For sure. There, there are some just some incredible players out there. But I also know that I can say this, that some of those same players are guys or girls, that uh, men or women, that uh, will never get a chance to tour with a, with a band because they're not playing for the song. And you have to play for the song first and foremost, and you keep everyone else in the band uh, happy. And uh, that means keeping them happy on stage and then having your own uh, 
thing together, whatever that is, your personality, your having your life together um, so that you keep everybody happy off stage as well. And it's all very challenging. It's a, it's a challenge, but you have to realize that that's what keeps you working and it's what's, what keeps you moving forward. And um, so those are the, the two biggest pieces of advice that I could give uh, uh, a drummer. But then as far as, you know, you could apply that to say anything really, I, I think. Yeah, you sure could. And, and you know, amen, the, the first Baptist church of Scott Hessel right here on the drum shuffle, right? <laughs> uh, great words of advice. Um, Scott, I, I want to thank you so much for taking time as you're getting prepared for the next leg of your tour with the Gin Blossoms for coming on the show and uh, sharing your, your story with us. Uh, I certainly would love to have you back uh, when you get done with the tour. Let us know how everything went. Um, and honestly, I barely scratched the surface with you. I, I would love to kind of dig in deeper. If you would be so kind to come back sometime in the future, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely. We'd love to do it. All right, Scott, have a great run out there. Again, thank you so much. Good luck with the tour, and uh, we'll see you out there. Okay. Thank you, Jamie. Great talking with you. Thanks. See you too. Bye-bye. Bye. So folks, I mentioned at the top of the show that today's conversation with Scott was going to demonstrate his perseverance and be an inspiration to all of us. If that conversation right there doesn't do that, uh, I don't know what would. Again, many thanks to Scott Hessel for joining us. That's going to wrap up show number two of the Drum Shuffle podcast. Please go out and see the Gin Blossoms on their new Miserable Experience 25th anniversary tour when it comes through your area. I really hope that you found today's show entertaining and helpful. I also hope that you'll take the time to reach out to us with questions or show suggestions at the Drum Shuffle podcast at gmail.com. TheDrumShuffle.com is our web address, and you can also find me over at jamieeds.com. Please take a moment also to give us a rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're using to listen. Until next time, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers. <laughs>